Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day. The sun's there somewhere. from an iPad before, it's a little exciting. Wow, I was just so touched by God there. You know, that I hope I can just uh, be, give justice to the Lord today because that uh, catching a glimpse of God in worship, all you need is a tiny glimpse of God and uh, it'll give you something to go on with for at least the rest of your life. All right, I'm reading first up today from Ezekiel, chapter 1, verses 22 to 28. It's a fairly long bit of scripture, but let's just get into it. Now, over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an expanse, like the awesome gleam of crystal spreading out over their heads. Ezekiel's having this vision, this amazing heavenly vision. Under the expanse, their wings were stretched out straight, one toward the other, Each one also had two wings covering its body on the one side and on the other. I also heard the sound of their wings like the sound of abundant waters as they went. I don't know if you heard that today in worship. Like the voice of the Almighty, a sound of tumult, like the sound of an army camp. Whenever they stood still, they they dropped their wings. And there came a voice from above the expanse that was over their heads. Whenever they stood still, they dropped their wings. Now above the expanse that was over their heads, heads, there was something resembling a throne, like lapis lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne, high up was a figure with the appearance of a man. Then I noticed from the appearance of his loins and upwards something like glowing metal that looked like fire all around within it. And from the radiance of his loins and downward I saw something like fire, and there was radiance around him. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so is the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and heard a voice speaking. Praise the Lord. Wow. What's your vision of God? The title of this message today is, How Big Is Your God? How Big Is He? A young girl driving down uh, the street with her mum says to my mum, is God bigger than that tree? And we sort of think, well, that's just a naive child, you know, it doesn't have any concept. And the mum has difficulty putting into words the whole idea of God. But I think that us as adults, sometimes we don't have that very clear anyway. We might think, yeah, he's bigger than a tree and sort of bigger and we get a rough idea, God is big. Do we, how big is he? He's very, very big. He's very different to you and I. He's not just big, he's different. And yet we're related to him. He's like us times 10 billion or more. One of us times 10 billion or more. He's so different to us. However big your concept of God is, today I want you to allow the lid to come off and never put the lid back on. Always allow God to keep being bigger in your, in your world, in your mind, in your heart, 
in your life. If you want a small faith, you, you, you get it with a small God. If you want a big faith, you need a big God. All of us need a bigger God than we have. I need a bigger God for the things I face today than I did when I was an eight-year-old. I need a bigger God tomorrow. Let's let God get bigger and bigger. It'll take an eternity for us to ever approach understanding him. He is so big. At a specific moment called the beginning, God created time and space and matter. In that one moment, moment, the whole universe was created and it continues to expand from that moment. So let's look at these things. First of all, God made time. It's not like God just pressed a stopwatch and started time. He made the stopwatch. He made the whole concept of time. Is your brain starting to hurt yet? We need to let our brain just let God be God. He is much bigger than we think he is. He is way beyond our wildest imagination. Before he started everything, there was no time. There was no now or then or in a moment or soon. There was none of that. There was just God. He started time. And regardless of what they say in the Infinity Wars movie, there's only one future. There's not 12 million futures. There's one future. The whole of time sits before God because he created it. He is outside it. He's not dependent on time. He's not limited by time. He's not worried about time. Oh, I better just check because I think I've only got three minutes and then I've got to get that rain going. The whole of time from ages past to ages to come sits before him like a scroll and he sees the beginning from the end. He says in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Unconfined by the passage of time, he sees all beginnings and all endings. All time is his. It belongs to him. He can stop it or change it or do whatever he wants with it whenever he wants to do it. Time belongs to him. He doesn't need time to exist. He holds times in his mind. He alone has no beginning and he does not age. He's not like us. He's God. He's very different to you and I. And yet we're related to him. When we see him, one day he's going to say, you're mine. And we're going to say, you're mine. His name means I am. I am. Tell them I am sent me. So we can relax because God's got our time in his hands. There's no bad timing when it comes to God. Everything is perfect timing. Oh God, you're a bit late. You're later than I expected. That's fine. I'm not worried about it. I've got it all under control. At the appointed time, he sent Jesus. At the appointed time, the end will come. God made time. He's bigger than time. He created time. How big is your God? 
Number two, he made space. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4 says this, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in, in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should even care for them? He's bigger than space because he made space. Space is very big. You know that uh, if every human was given an equal portion of, of the stars, that each one of us would get, how many do you think? 11 trillion for each person. That's a pretty good inheritance. 11 trillion, that's 11,000 times a billion. That's how many stars we, we uh, estimate are up there. Back in the early 2000s, astronomers decided to use the Hubble telescope to find out what was in a particularly dark part of the, of the night sky. Now, in the city, we don't appreciate it, but if you go into the middle of Australia and look up, just about every spot in the sky is, has got a star in it or a galaxy or a tiny little point, pinpoint of light. If you go onto Google Earth and hit the night button, you see the whole lot of the sky and then you can zoom in on any part and you'll see it just fills up with stars. There's a lot of stars. And they decided they'd choose a part of the night sky that was particularly dark. There were no stars in it. And uh, they chose that, that section. They pointed the Hubble telescope towards it. And for four months, you know, when you take a photo in the dark, you've got to leave the aperture open longer. This was open for four months. Every night, point at the same spot. And the spot that they chose was one thirteenth millionth of the night sky. It's the, you would be able to cover the, the part of the sky that they chose if you got a one millimetre by one millimetre piece of paper and held it at arm's length, about a metre, you'd cover the, the portion of the sky that they were looking at from the Hubble telescope. And they, and they took a photo just to see what would be produced. And this is what they found. In there, they estimate 10,000 galaxies further away than have ever been seen before. And uh, it's called the Hubble Ultra Deep Field. If you want to have a look at it on uh, a bit of a science lesson today. If you want to look at it on Google, thousands and thousands of stars filling a spot. They thought there were no stars. Space is big. God is bigger. And you know, God made space. It's not like he filled space. It's not like he took an empty room and filled it with stars. He made space. Before he made space, there, were no, there was no space. It was just God. First of all, he made space and then he filled it with stars. God is very, very big. He's much bigger than you and I imagine. He's beyond space. And yet he's infinitely involved with every part of his space. He's like the programmer of the software who's in and amongst it wherever he wants. He's the whole thing. At all same time, he's beyond space. What's at the end of the universe? God. What's at the smallest point of the, the tiniest quantum physical atomic particle? God. God's there. The Bible says he holds everything together by his word. God is amazing. And the praise is yours. The praise is yours. You're the one. 
we worship. All space belongs to him. Our whole universe is like a single grain of sand on a whole beach in God's mind. At any point, he can just create another one and another one. In fact, the Bible says that at the end of, of this age, all of God's children will be instantly translated to another grain of sand, a whole new heaven and earth. He's got it ready for us. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. God made space. Everything belongs to God. He's constantly stretching us in to fill a bigger space of faith, to join Him in being bigger people. God is bigger than space. How big is your God? Let Him be bigger. God made matter. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Matter is material. It's stuff, stuff, stuff that we can see and touch and feel. The heat coming off a fire is stuff. It's matter. Every galaxy, star, element, molecule, DNA, life form, everything we can see and touch. And yet, you know, God made all that. He's not made of anything like that. He's not made of anything you and I can ever imagine because we've never seen it. We've never experienced it. We've only ever experienced matter. God made matter. He's not made of matter. He's not made of stuff. Before he made stuff, there was nothing. There was nothing to see or touch or feel. Atheists believe that everything that we see and touch and feel, everything came from nothing, caused by nothing. We believe that that takes more faith than what we believe. That there was a cause, and his name was God. And he made stuff. He, f he filled every th the space that he made with stuff. Before he did that, there was no light, no heat, no sound, no rocks, no air, no water, no nothing, no anything. He does not need stuff to exist. He does not need grapes to make wine. He does not need thousands of fish and loaves of bread in order to feed thousands of people, fish and loaves of bread. He makes it. He does not need anything to make a universe. In heaven, we won't actually be able to touch him. I'm talking about Father God. We won't be able to touch him because he's not made of anything. God the Father is represented by many things that we can cope with. Light. He emits light. But you know, he's not made of light. Because light is matter. And he made light. Light was the first thing he made. Let there be light. But he's not light. It probably comes closest to representing him. His mind is a little bit... That's how we should feel about God all the time. Oh God. Wow. It just, we, it's going to take us an eternity to get uh, anywhere close to understanding what he's like. He's so creative. When we speak to Jesus, we're going to be speaking to the same, we're going to hear the same voice that formed the galaxies. And he can form any more, a whole bunch more any time he wants. That voice is a voice of power. The greatest, most beautiful image we can imagine of God. What is your most ultimate image of God? It's not enough. 
it doesn't do him justice. Sometimes I've had dreams when I've felt like I've been in God's presence and it's been this massive, huge uh, waterfall in this blue light with a pool and it's just been an overwhelming, scary, awe-inspiring image. And I felt I'm in the presence of God. But that wasn't God. It was an image of God. The second commandment is do not make an image of the Lord your God. Why not? There's nothing you can make that can represent him. There's nothing you can make in 3D of a 11, 12, 100 dimensional person. There's nothing you can make that is going to represent his life. Everything we we make is dead. There is no image of God that gives him justice. As we worship him, we're worshiping someone who is so far beyond us, so far above our imagination that he created everything we imagine. And everything just sits in the palm of his hand. He doesn't have a hand, but sits in his mind. God is life generating. He's light emitting. He's timeless. He's holy. He's musical. He's creative. He's outside of the box that we have him in. Whatever box we have him in, get him out of that. And you know what you'll do? You'll have him in a bigger box. And so we need to let him get out of that. We just need to let, keep opening the box in our heart and our faith goes out. And as we get a bigger, bigger God, we get a bigger, bigger faith. We say, well, this is fantastic. What God can do in my life is amazing. He can do abundantly above all that I ask or think. Listen again to that scripture you read right at the start in Ezekiel, verse 28. When Ezekiel has this encounter with God, a vision. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now you notice that Ezekiel did not have a vision of God. He did not even have a vision of the glory of God. I'll leave that scripture up there. He did not even have a vision of the likeness of the glory of God. He didn't see something that was like the glory of God. He saw something that had the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Something that vaguely gave him an impression of a tiny fraction of what God is like. How big is your God? How big is your God? You know what? One of the best things we can do, I really believe this, is just think about God. Just think about God. Just what we're doing today. This series is all about giving God the glory. He's God. We're not. He's much bigger than we think He is. God the Father. We haven't even talked about the Trinity which is another concept that blows us completely wide open. Ezekiel only saw the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. That's merely what he saw. And yet that was enough for him to do what? Fall on his face, overwhelmed, submitting to God. Oh God, I 
can't bear to even look at something that is vaguely like a representation of your glory. And as we honour him, he is the creator of stuff. You know, when we go to heaven, none of us will ever see God because there's nothing to see. We'll see a representation of God. We'll see light coming from a throne. We'll see, we'll feel love coming from a throne. But God did this amazing thing. He said, you know, these people, they want to see me. They keep asking to see my face. So I'm going to take on a face. There's so much more we could say about God, about, about how he, you know, how, the things that he created, intelligence, free choice, life. But look at this in John 14, verse 9. Jesus said this to Philip. This is Christianity. This is Christianity 101. And it's got power in it. Jesus says, because Philip says, Jesus, can you show us the Father? We'd like to see his face. Jesus says, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you, yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Jesus is claiming, I'm God. God said, I, these guys want a face. I'm going to come down. I'm going to take on. God can take on any form he wants. He can take on light as a form. He can take on a pillar of fire as a form. He can take on a pillar of cloud as a form. He can take on a dove as a form. He can take on a wind as a form. He can take on a breath and a silent word, a quiet word as a form. But he decided he'd clothe himself with humanity. And he'd come and he'd dwell among us. What sort of God do we have? Jesus says, you look at, you look at Jesus, you'll see what God's really like. Look at... Uh, Colossians 2 verse 9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. That's why they crucified him, because he claimed that. Hebrews 1 verse 3, he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he'd made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand the majesty on high. The greatest miracle is that we could ever know this amazing God. When we go to heaven, we won't actually ever see his face. We'll get close with light that was blinding, but we will see his face represented in a human who came to earth as God on earth. And we'll be able to look into his eyes and say thank you thank you for coming for me thank you for showing me the father and in some way Jesus is the father and the son how big is your God we'll never have bigger faith if we don't get a bigger God he's worthy of praise constantly doesn't matter what we're going through he's worthy of praise the other day I went out for a walk and I was gloomy and grumpy and I had a headache when I woke up. And I, I didn't even want to talk to God in my prayer walk with the dogs. I could barely talk to them. I felt like kicking them. 
just gave him, I just gave God a bit of a grumpy glance, like, yeah, here I am. That's all that God needs is a little glance. And he comes in straight away. He gave me the word. When you're weak, I'm strong. That's all I needed. What do you need from God today? He can give you much more. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.